0: On today's episode of the QC Pod, we'll be listening to Queen's College student Sabrina Testy's new podcast, Anything Goes, where she and her guests will dive into the diversity on college campuses. Enjoy the show.
1: Hi listeners, this is Sabrina Testy and you're listening to Anything Goes. your host today as we bring in two of our guests, Veronica and Cotty, whom are recent graduates from Swarthmore College. They will be candidly sharing about their first-generation non-white experience at a predominantly white institution, while I talk about my different experience at Queens College, a public school in the heart of Queens, but a diverse student body. College is no longer an unattainable goal for first-generation minorities. In fact, from 2000 to 2015, the number of Latino college students in the United States doubled to 3 million students. And in 2018, 28% of young Latinos have at least an associate's degree. However, despite all of this, a New York Times study revealed that even with affirmative action, enrollment of Latino and Black students continued to lag out of top universities, They are actually more underrepresented at the nation's top colleges and universities than they were 35 years ago. And well, for those who make it to the top, there are consequences. Microaggressions, imposter syndrome, cognitive dissonance, anxiety, depression. What happens when minority students begin to be introduced to previously white dominated spaces? Let's take a look. On July 10th, Veronica tweeted, why would I willingly watch a show about rich white kids in expensive schools? Why would I ever put myself through that LMAO? So Veronica, do you want to talk about why you willingly put yourself through four years of
2: exactly that show? I mean, willingly? (laughs) I don't know if I really had a choice. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even remember what show I was talking about when I was tweeting that. It was really hard to get used to the amount of things you just get for the sake of being a college student there. It's just like given to you because you're entitled to it, because you are part of the institution. And a lot of the time for me growing up, I just like didn't know what that was like. So when I got to SWAT and everybody was talking about like...
1: SWAT is an abbreviated term meant to refer to Swarthmore College.
2: You should... um you should apply for this apply for that so that they could give me money because like you should make swap pay for everything and I just like felt so guilty about that because I never like wasn't the place to do that I always had to like file for some sort of waiver or do something to prove that I'm worthy of like getting this money and here it was just like yeah everybody gets like 10 grand for their club don't you like
1: yeah And I know you were telling me about, I don't know what you called it. You're like something about uh, how in white spaces, there are certain kinds of people that try to cater to people of color to make them seem like on the the better side of the white people. Um, Was there a lot of that at SWOT?
2: Yeah. I told you about this before, but like the, weird code switching that, like, white people do, like, when they talk to...
1: Code switching involves adjusting one's style of speech, appearance, behavior, and expression in ways that will optimize the comfort of others in exchange for fair treatment, quality service, and employment opportunities. This method has often been used by Black people to navigate predominantly white spaces.
2: Um, I don't know, like a Black person? Because I went to, um... SEF, which is like the, the Christian club at the school. And I remember there was one time when this guy from like the Midwest, um, he's like super white and has this certain like accent and speaks a certain way. Some like person of color came into the room and he started speaking like in A-A-V-E.
1: AAVE stands for African American Vernacular English, or formerly known in academic circles as Ibonics. It's basically the vocabulary that is used within Black culture that other people try to
2: imitate. And you started saying, like, swag oh yo are you kidding me yo like that's crazy i'm like why are you talking to them like they don't understand you when you're talking like you normally talk it was just like obvious that they wanted them to seem like I'm, I'm
0: trying to help you understand me so like there's a lot of elitism that happens at pwis and like all these institutions and there's also a lot of guilt because of that like everyone is aware of their like privilege when they're at these institutions And then when they're also, like, white and wealthy, and then they also have the privilege to work on top of that, there's, like, extra guilt. And then to kind of get rid of that guilt and to, like, reject being a part of the elite thing that they do is go, like, furthest from being elite, which is being black I guess so like they're like I reject all of this elitism and like they wear all the tattered clothes and like they talk in AVE which is like non-standard and moving away from all of that like richness and whiteness but then like you look at that and you realize what that means that like being black and like speaking this way is never going to be elitism like I've been through like eight years of like elite institutions at this point and I'm like never going to be elite no matter what I do, just because of, like, who I am, what I look like, and just thinking about the fact that, like, you can't ever reach that, but then they get to pretend that they are, like, not that, but then in any moment, they can switch back and be white, and I mean, Mm -hmm. at every moment, they are white because they look white. It's something that I've been, like, thinking about a lot when it comes to that experience.
1: And in terms of, like, your, obviously, this was the culture that You guys were around all the time and a lot of that comes with like having imposter syndrome or feeling like you don't really are not entitled to anything that you're receiving or feeling like you're constantly have to work twice as hard, even though you already have the things that you want to have. How did that even impact what you guys chose to pursue as a major? Because I know for me, I'm surrounded by a lot of, I mean, Queens College is a very diverse school and so I never felt... When I was sitting in class, I never felt like I couldn't say what I wanted to say, you know, but I know Vero has told me before that there would be times where she would be sitting in class and hearing other people talk in this kind of weird lingo, speak of the, they think they know what they're talking about, even though they don't. So how did that impact your learning experience at SWAT?
0: I was an education major, but I was also pre-med for a really long time and I felt like education was a much more like it was a much different environment than a lot of what else was going on at SWOT but there was like a lot of that of like very like convoluted talking just to like get a simple point out and it was like unnecessary but what I saw in like the pre-med community and like the STEM areas of SWOT was so drastic in that where like I felt like I couldn't fully participate just because of access you couldn't do the bare minimum of anything. So you had to choose your major in that way. I always knew like I wanted to
2: do something in sociology. It was a little bit more accessible, but the thing I found really annoying was that there's like a whole body of work for stuff that you already know. So like so many um, scholars, especially like white privileged, very privileged scholars would like go into these communities and research about their lives and about their culture and then come up with like this whole like body of work that would just summarize what I've already known about my own community. So it's like they're teaching us something new, but it's actually something that we've always known. Um, except now it's much more legitimized because they did it and they had the funds to do it and they had like surveys and interviews. Um, so that kind of made me feel iffy about what it means to be an intellectual and a scholar and to be able to access all this information. Like it just like revealed the ugly truth about like scholarship and what's it called? Higher education? Academia? Yeah. I think, um, even me,
1: I like, a a super diverse institution. I'm always like, I hate academia. I don't like it. I just don't think that the way that we're teaching in general is beneficial. You know, the the constant, oh, you, okay, associates, it's great. Bachelors. And then, oh, bachelor's not enough anymore. And kind of going for the master's. But then realizing that there are students like, I mean, I'm on scholarship. Yeah, so then within that, you have a limited amount of time to figure yourself out. So it's like, you can't necessarily make a mistake. You know, you have to choose very quickly what you want to do and then just stick through it because your scholarship ends after four years. So even within that, it's, it almost feels like, I mean, for me, I was there, um, but my time was limited. Even when I was there, my time was not even mine. And I think there's a lot of culture that goes along with it too. I feel like if you're surrounded in space, like Vero said, like you could just ask for money and not say why, and they would give it to you. I think that feeds into why people feel like uh, they can enter institutions like that and not feel the pressure of succeeding because to them it's like, okay, we'll have another opportunity later on to go forward. But what was the culture like in SWAT aside from like academics and stuff,
0: just the student body. What was that like? I don't know. I feel like SWAT, like, like it has like the illusion of like everyone's like mixed up and like, like social groups, but like, I feel like it was very much segregated. Like, you kind of, like, found your crew and you, like, stuck with it.
2: Cody's right with, like, the illusion part. Because there is, like,
0: I think Swat so, is, like,
2: 40% white and then 60% everybody else. So there is an illusion that it's a pretty diverse place. But when you look at all the people, including the people of color, a lot of them come from very privileged backgrounds. And I talked to Sabrina about this, but there is that, like desire to want to be white like the proximity to whiteness like there are so many people that just want to fit in um that will do anything to just like be part of the white people <laughs> I guess yeah.
0: um, so that's what I noticed I think like culturalized yeah and even like the table thing or something that I noticed that's not around like the tables and where the athletes sit or whatever I feel like a lot of it is like Like it's deeply ingrained. It's not like self-imposed. Like I feel like those tables were formed more by like other people than like the athletes. And then I was talking to this one guy and I was like, so why do you like specifically sit there? And he was like, well, like it's always empty. And like we usually sit there and like I'm just sitting with my friends. This whole idea of, like, self-imposed, like, people doing it or people creating these, like, groups, I guess. I don't know. There's an idea at SWAT of, like, finding your group and then staying with it. That's kind of, like, creating all of this, like, separation.
1: Yeah, I think it's so interesting because the one thing I realized while going to SWAT, I got the feeling that there was no, like, one person that was just like behind everything. It was like, well, I guess this is how real life is because New York City is a bubble. Like it's, there's literally no place else like it. So as soon as you step out of New York City, it's every place is essentially like SWAT. There is no way that you can get away from it. And even New York State is predominantly Republican and white. And so we have this illusion that, an illusion that every place was you know super loud and outspoken and I can say whatever I want to whoever I want to say it to but then I would get to a space like that and you'd feel like oh well I feel like if every place is like that then I think colleges in general and then the US in general is just more way more segregated than I thought that it was and I think that just impacted the way that I thought and I know it's it's so interesting because I know Veronica, You're pretty white passing.
0: You you can pass off in certain circles. I think that's all part of the illusion, right? Like, even, like, when you reach that level of, like, them, they make the level higher so that you can't reach it, you know? Like, but when school started being accessible to everyone, that's when, like, wealthy people started creating boarding schools and, like, private schools when you, like, had to pay in order to enter. And, like kind of, like, pushing the limits of, like, I guess the glass ceiling, like, further and further. Like, the closer you get, the more they, like, raise it. So, I don't know, I think it's, like, knowing that where you're, like, you can't ever reach that. So, what's the point? I think that's the benefit of going to a place like Swan. Like, you kind of reach that, like, awareness. This is not something that I want to aspire to, I guess.
2: But, yeah, there there is, like, obviously, like, I look very white. On the outside, but there are moments in like certain spaces where I just feel so uncomfortable. And like I could tell, like, this is nothing, like I am nothing like whoever is standing in front of me. Like, we live such different lives that led us here. And it kind of pisses me off. Like, they didn't do anything to deserve the position they're in right now. And the like the fact that like the school's culture and everything surrounds them because that they're the ones with the money and they're the ones that provide all the funding, build certain buildings and like develop certain programs. It just pisses me off because they're so disconnected from reality. Um, especially if they're rich, it's just like, but that's like the way the world works. Anyway, so.
1: How has going to a uh, predominantly white college have just been different from any of the circles that you've been around and then going forward, how has it impacted just the way that you live your life right now?
2: Well, I can say that where I work right now is completely different from Swarthmore, uh, like 360. No, 180. <laughs> yeah, 180. Because now, like the place I work at, it's like very Republican, very like there's like a lot of profanity, a lot of like, um, non-PC language.
1: Non-PC language refers to political correctness, or a term used to describe language, politics, or measures that are intended to avoid offense or disadvantage to members of a particular group in society.
2: And I feel like at SWAT, it was just like so strictly like, we are so liberal that we respect everybody's views and positions and nobody can say anything wrong about any group. And it was very like policing, like tone policing.
1: Tone policing is a conversational tactic that dismisses the ideas being communicated when they are perceived to be delivered in an angry, frustrated, sad, fearful, or otherwise emotionally charged manner. An example of this would be to tell somebody to calm down. You don't need to be angry or it's not even that serious.
2: And a lot of people got canceled. And here it's like, I I literally heard a slur from somebody at the office. I don't even know what to say. I'm like... Okay. I guess like people aren't just like hard as fuck on each other. So the, the culture is very different. Like it's not like you're not being protected from the world anymore. It didn't prepare me for
0: that. <laughs> um, I feel like it, it definitely sheltered me. On the one hand, SWAT has given me like so many or so many opportunities and like like so much privilege and like just saying that I went to SWAT is like something that'll like change people's like view of me almost immediately. I don't know. I think it's an experience that you can't go through without like leaving a part of yourself behind. Like, it feels like you're living like a double life almost from being at home and then being at spot, like, are this person here? And then you're this person over there. And it's just like, how do you like look at those two parts of yourself and like put them together as like, this is me. And it is like something that's very jarring to have to do that. And I feel like that's another privilege that like wealthy white people have is that like they don't have to do that. And it makes it easier being at SWAT because of like not having to do that. And I just think that like having to have done that, like for me, like for the past like eight or more years of my life, like has taken a toll on like, I guess my mental health, but I guess it's like that. And then like the feeling of like needing to feel like grateful for the experience and like it's like I do but also like the idea that I have to is also something else that like added on to those things that makes it like a very like heavy burden to carry I guess you kind of get that experience that like a lot of like immigrants get of like being half here and half there and then not fitting in either places like you come back to New York and like oh like you sound too white like are you even in New York or like having that like to battle with that and then going to SWAT and then feeling imposter syndrome and like are you ever really like like who are you if not like in the middle of all these things and like how do you reconcile that
1: thank you for listening to anything goes if you would like to learn more about the people on this podcast you can follow veronica and Cody on instagram the music used for this podcast was from makai off of free music archive
0: That was Anything Goes by Sabrina Testing, and if you want to learn more or hear more episodes of the QC pod, go to queenspodcastlab.org slash QC pod. That's all for today. My name is Anthony Borelli, and I'll see you next time.